0: and i'm kim and we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not so famous cases
1: of Moida, ghosts legends and more with a healthy dose of debunking debunking indeed, indeed i wish i could debunking. Uh,
0: indeed debunking i wish i could debunk <laughs> i wish i could debunk some of today's case ooh i'm
1: excited to hear about it
0: I'm not sure if excited is, uh, the
1: word I would use, oh, but, no! Uh, it's, uh, it is a rough one. A doozy? Would you call it's, it a doozy? It's, it's,
0: it's heavy. I would call it heavy.
1: Ah, I was going to say, cause you definitely were saying, tell me when to stop researching.
0: I, I, I needed to finally, I hit a point, um, where I wasn't finding anything new. So it was just like, Retreading, yeah, well, and, and just like you're just reading the same awful facts <clears throat> over and over and over and over again. Yep. And so there's nothing really gained by that. It's just upsetting. <laughs> oh, geez. What a good
1: preface for this episode.
0: <laughs> well, and so it's, you know, what's funny is that, that it, the, the, the topic has been on my list for a while. Um, and I I knew it was going to be bad. I was not fully ready Uh for how bad it was. Oh, no. Um, I do want to give a content warning. There is going to be a lot of talk in this episode about child abuse, about sexual assault, about assaults on children. It can get very rough at times. Uh, This is your official warning. If If this and hearing about this is going to trigger something for you, it might be best to skip this episode. Listen to one of our lighter ones. Like running pants or boobs, go- ghost marriage or boobs um, <laughs> because it, it's going to it's going to get a little rough fair warning uh for those of you that are sticking around today we're going to be talking about pedro alonso lopez the monster of the andes Ooh. I also want to say a lot of the information I got about those early years came from Jack Rosewood's book, Serial Killers, The Columbian Monsters, as well as Ron Leitner's article, The Monster of the Andes. He actually interviewed Pedro Lopez. Oh, dang. And again, anytime you're dealing with a case in a foreign country, especially a non-English speaking country, finding out some of these facts, some of the early facts especially, can get very hard. So that's why both the, the interviews... And uh, the book were a great resource. Um, and, and my usual disclaimer of there was a lot of conflicting information, conflicting dates for a lot of things. And I did my best to piece together the most complete and accurate information from what was available. Uh, in some cases, I will indicate the discrepancies. And in other cases, I made a judgment call depending on the source.
1: OK, that's fair.
0: Pedro Alonso Lopez was born on October 8th of 1948 in Santa Isabel, Colombia, He was the seventh of 13 children. His mother, Benilda Lopez de Castaneda.
1: What a name.
0: What a name. Uh, She was, by all accounts, a sex worker. And in certain sections of Colombia, sex work is legal and not uncommon. His father, Ricardo Reyes, was a member of the Colombia Conservative Party. Lopez never knew his father. He was killed in a riot during La Violencia, which was a 10-year civil war in Colombia between the Conservative Party and the Liberal Party, uh, also known as America's Future. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. TBD. We'll see how T- that TBD. Let's, we'll, we'll report back on that. Uh, Benilda was three months pregnant with uh, Pedro Lopez at that point, at the time of Ricardo's death. And this was was very hard on her, understandably. His childhood was not the easiest. He would later say, I was the seventh son of 13 children of a prostitute in Tolima, Colombia. All the children slept on a big bed behind a drawn curtain while our mother did her business with men.
1: Did her business. It's
0: the delicate way to say it. So according to Lopez, she was a violent woman. She was prone to beating the children, and he spoke a lot about being abandoned and growing up in filth. Now, Oof. the narrative of his childhood differs greatly depending on whether or not it's him talking about it or his mother, because his mother maintains she was a loving mother and she was good to her children.
1: I mean, that's like what we talk about. Depends on who tells the story, right? Depends on who tells the
0: story. And you know... Uh, I suspect the truth probably lies somewhere in between. That's fair. So when he was eight years old, he left home. According to his mother, he ran away, or he was maybe kidnapped by a neighbor and that it broke her heart. According to him, he was kicked out. Oh, that's
1: a little different.
0: Yeah, well, don't feel too much sympathy. Lopez himself said, My mother threw me out when I was eight after she caught me touching my sister's breasts. Oh, no. She took me to the edge of town, but I found my way home again. The next day, she took me on a bus and left me more than 200 miles from home. I was abandoned. Oh, my God. I know. And I have conflicting thoughts here, because on the one hand, like, an eight-year-old doing something like this is usually a sign that something similar may have happened to him.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, children who are acting out sexually like that are, are usually repeating something happening to them. Um, and like, he's a kid, he's eight. And if this is what he's actually doing, this is, this is a kid who is in need of serious help. But at this point it's like 1956 in Colombia, and Lopez comes from a family with very little money or resources. So the other side of me is like, this kid is molesting his sister. I can't fully blame mom for being like, yeah, get out.
1: Sure. I don't know about putting him on a bus on to a take bus. him 200 no, miles away. No, that is not a choice I'd make. Definitely <laughs> some sort of uh, reprimand of some sort. Right.
0: <laughs> and if his version of events is true, I, don't, I mean, maybe he did run away. And again, maybe the truth is somewhere between these two things. Sure. Uh, it's, it is hard to say. And I have a feeling this is one of those things we will probably never have an answer to. So he heads to the capital city, Bogota, where he ran with, like, a pack of other children who came from similar circumstances. <laughs> oh, you're going to say,
1: like, wolves. I, that's the <laughs> way they make
0: them sound. Um, it's these. This was a very common thing where just these kind of discarded and unwanted children who, who ran together, uh, they stole, they begged, and they did what they needed to do to survive. And Dang. one day, an older gentleman offered young Pedro food and shelter. But instead, Pedro himself would later say, there I was found by a man who took me into an abandoned building and raped me over and over again. I decided then to do the same to as many young girls as possible. Being a child, I lost my innocence. I have always wanted to punish those responsible.
1: But young girls are not responsible. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and that's, again, I'm like, what happened to him is absolutely horrific, and he, he was abused by people who, who he trusted, but, like, that's a little bit of a
1: logic leap. I've been abused. I should abuse young girls. Yeah, that's not like one plus one equals two. No.
0: and, I mean, even, so you see... You know, it's it's not uncommon with serial killers who've had contentious relationships with their mother. I mean, Ed Kemper is a great example of mm-hmm. this. He was abused by his mother and yeah. and the women he killed were stand-ins for his mother mm-hmm. until he finally killed his
1: mother and then did some fucked up shit to her head in indeed, Gabby, indeed. but but this is is very different. Um
0: So when he was ten, he was taken in by, it sounds like an American couple is what most of the accounts said. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to like give him security. They sent him to a school, but at 12, he was once again abused this time by a teacher at the school. Oh no. Yeah. So he stole some money, returned to the streets. He continued begging for food, gaining new skills as a car thief. And this led him to his very first arrest at the age of either 18 or 21, depending on the accounts you read he was sentenced to two years in prison. And shortly after arriving in prison, he was attacked by older prisoners and gang raped. Oh, no. And this was the final straw. Over the coming weeks, he would target three of his attackers and slit their throats. Yikes. Uh, In an... Another discrepancy. So some of the accounts said that it was considered self-defense, so it didn't add time to his sentence. And other accounts said he got two additional years for it. Either way, he was released in 1971 at the age of 23 with a newfound rage in him. Oof. He blamed all women for what he had gone through. He saw his mother in every woman and believed that all women should be punished. He left Colombia for Peru. And as he would later say, I went after my victims by walking among the markets, searching for a girl with a certain look on her face, a look of innocence and beauty. She would be a good girl, working with her mother. I followed them sometimes for two or three days, waiting for when she was left alone. I would give her a trinket like a hand mirror, then take her to the edge of town, where I would promise her a trinket for her mother. The trick was effective, especially since poor children were easily lured by the gifts and promises of more. His targets were girls between the ages of 8 to 12. Oh my gosh, that's so young. He would later say, it's like eating chicken. What? Why eat old chicken when you can have young chicken? Oh
1: my God. Yeah. Ugh.
0: This this pattern continued for years. Girls missing. Parents Desperate to figure out what happened to them, worried they'd been abducted, run away, sold into the sex trade, and it wouldn't be until 1978 when he would be caught trying to abduct a nine-year-old girl. Uh, he was trying to abduct an indigenous girl, uh, a member of the, and pardon me if I if I butcher this pronunciation, the Ayucucho tribe.
1: Uh-huh. And, uh huh.
0: And they decided to punish him by their laws, so they stripped him naked, tortured him for hours and buried him up to his neck pouring syrup on him. You know why they pour syrup on you, Gabby? Why? So ants will eat you. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that and it's you know a what? great punishment.
0: Honestly, I'm kind of fine with it. I'm fine with it for him. <laughs> yeah. And you know he would have died, but a female missionary, oh no. convinced the tribe they should turn him over to authorities which okay, sure. Yes. That is the proper way to deal with someone. And this is another spot where accounts differ actually pretty greatly. Uh-huh. Uh, according to him, she didn't take him to authority. She let him go. What? She drives him in her Jeep to the border of Colombia and lets him go. That is a terrible idea. That is a horrible idea. And you know what? This is, this is just delightful. You know what he said about her? What? I didn't hurt her because she was too old to attract me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. What a piece of work.
0: Uh, now, a couple of the accounts I read said that he was turned over to authorities. I don't know which one of these accounts actually makes me more angry. So he was turned over to authorities and they didn't care or they deported him to Colombia. In fact, one of the articles even specifically said the police let him go because they didn't care about the, quote, murder of Indians.
1: Oh, my God.
0: It's nice to know that Peru and the United States
1: have something in common. Ay, ay, Should have left him to get eaten by ants. I know. Uh, I had
0: told you this was a rough one. Like, this was this was, this was hard. This was hard researching. It's still 1978. And, you know, Peru, eh, maybe, maybe not looking so good for Pedro. So he heads to Ecuador. And he is now killing up to three girls a week. Oh, my God. Some of them in Ecuador. Sometimes he would go over the border to Colombia. But he said, there is a wonderful moment, a divine moment, when I have my hands around a young girl's throat. I look into her eyes and see a certain light, a spark, suddenly go out. Only those who kill know what I mean. The moment of death is enthralling and exciting. Oh, my God. No, this is disgusting. That's what this is. This is disgusting.
1: That's awful.
0: Um, and what's even worse, so he waited until it was daytime. Even if he'd abducted the girls in the in the evening, he waited until daytime to kill them because he got off on them being scared. Ugh. So all of those of you at home, raise your hands if you wish the ants had eaten them.
1: Me? Yeah. Raising? Yeah. This is an audio medium, but both of us have our hands up. Um, he said
0: at the first sign of light, I would get excited. I forced the girls into sex and put my hands against her throat. When the sun rose, I would strangle her. It was only good if I could see her eyes. I never killed anyone at night. It would have been wasted in the dark. Oh my God. Yeah. He's a literal monster. He's an actual monster. And like, that's not a term I throw around loosely. No. Um, he then said it took them between five and 15 minutes to die. Sometimes I had to kill them all over again. They never screamed because they didn't expect anything would happen. They were innocent. Oh, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Um, he would sometimes slit their wrists or their throats to check oh. if they were still alive and oh. if the blood was still pumping. Oh! He tended to dispose of multiple bodies in the same site. So he'd put like three or four girls in the same grave. Um, he liked to talk to them. Of course he, he said, did. oh, this is this is. Oh, no. My little friends like to have company. I often put three or four girls in a single hole and talk to them. It was like having a party but after a <gasps> while because they couldn't move, I got bored and went looking for new girls.
1: Oh my god, that's horrible. Yeah.
0: Um what what's even worse is that people are noticing that girls are disappearing. Um in fact, there was even a mother she put a notice in the paper, she was putting flyers up everywhere, but these were mostly Poor families, and again, in some cases, indigenous families. So mm-hmm. authorities just did not care.
1: I mean that also, unfortunately, mm-hmm. sounds familiar. Sounds very familiar. In April of 1979,
0: he traveled to um, Bado, Ecuador, and then on May 5th, he met 11 year old Hortensia Garces Lozada. She was selling newspapers to help her family. Her mother was pregnant. He approached her and asked for her help navigating the city. He gave her a hundred sucres to do this. He took her to the outskirts of town under a bridge. He raped her and he strangled her and he dumped her body under the bridge, covering it with newspapers. Ugh. Uh, A&E's biography did an episode on him and uh, it was, it was actually, it was another really valuable resource Um they interviewed uh, a number of the family members and they interviewed some, some residents in the area. They, they interviewed a woman named Carlina Ramon and she said, the whole province, even the whole country, saw that there were so many little girls disappearing and nobody really knew what was happening. And again, a lot of these disappearances were being attributed to sex trafficking and poor families, the police just didn't care. There was even some of the police who said the girls disappeared because they'd failed their school year. What? Yeah, which makes me just want to punch people in the face. That makes no sense. Um, sadly, though, I mean, again, any of you who are familiar with true crime, uh, this sort of thing is is just not uncommon at all. It's not new. and It's not new. Um, marginalized, poor families, uh, sex workers... It's this is this is the pattern. It would take the disappearance of the daughter of a well-known baker in town. The girl was nine year old Ivanova Yakome Yakome? Uh, in the area that ended up catching people's attention. Because, again, she was from a prominent family. He was a respected businessman, her father. And so, oh, hey, now suddenly police are
1: interested. Of course they are. That's how it always works.
0: Her decomposing body was found on the outer parts of town on March 8th. Oh. So maybe, huh? Maybe something's going on. Did they find any other bodies with her body? No. But shortly after, so the true horror was that a flash flood came through the town oh, and it no. revealed four more bodies. Oh, jeez. And like the police could not ignore this many bodies. No. Um, and the bodies, so they were decomposed to the point where cause of death was a little too hard to determine. Sure, but there was no question they'd been murdered. In fact, um, apparently the the girls had been strangled so severely that that a few of them the eyes had like popped out of their sockets. Oh One my god! That I read said that. Yeah. <sighs> Shortly after the flood, uh, Carlina Ramon, who who I'd quoted earlier, uh, her and her daughter Alicia. Uh, had their own close call with Lopez. And I will say that when I was doing the research, most of the books and articles referred to her daughter as Maria. But in the interview that, that Alicia gave to a she was referred to as Alicia, so that's what I'm going to continue calling her. Okay. So on Sunday, March 9th of 1980, uh, Carlina was approached by a man who'd been selling trinkets in the market that day, and he wanted to buy food. And... She noticed him looking at her 11-year-old daughter, Alicia, and Alicia would later say of the encounter, he would look at me funny, strangely, and gesture for me to come over, so I went to my mother and told her, you know what, Mommy, this man keeps looking at me ugly and keeps calling at me to come to him. Now, Carlina, Carlina, Savvy Savvy Woman Carlina, (coughs) like... She knows what's up, and she's suspicious because all of these little girls are missing. So Mm -hmm. she gets some of the other vendors, and, like, they follow him. They, like, tackle him. And he's yelling, you know, oh, I'm a good man, I'm innocent, I didn't do anything. And she's like, "Mm, I don't care, and I'm calling police. So they called the police. He's arrested. He refuses to speak. Of course. So authorities planted a detective in the cell with him, and they dressed the detective up as a prisoner... And as this prisoner persona, he's boasting, like, oh, yeah, I'm also a rapist in hopes of getting Pedro Lopez to, like, Confess. Yeah. Uh, The detective, Pastor Gonzalez, said, he boasted to me of murder after murder in Ecuador, Colombia, and Peru. It was beyond my wildest nightmares. He told me everything.
1: Holy shit. So it worked, but like not what he was expecting. It was so
0: bad (laughs) that Gonzalez couldn't continue to listen and ask to be removed. So at this point, Lopez has nothing to lose. So he just starts confessing. He says he killed at least 100 young girls in Ecuador. Oh, my God. 100 in Colombia. Holy shit. And 100 in Peru. That's so many people. That is so many people. Uh, the police—they're keeping keeping him in a, a steady supply of cigarettes and chicken and coffee and beer. And apparently, as long as he's getting that, he's happy to keep talking.
1: How did nobody catch anything? That's so many people. Because people didn't care. That is so awful.
0: And that's, I think, you know, the crimes are horrific, but I think what I keep coming back to is that nobody cared. Nobody cared that all of these children (sighs) went missing. Uh, So he starts leading them to graves. Body after body is being uncovered. He spent six weeks taking police around to different sites, and he would talk about the crimes like they were nothing. He said, I would take her to a secret hideaway where prepared graves waited. Sometimes there were bodies of earlier victims there. Oh I cuddled them and then raped them at sunrise. I put my hands around her throat and I would strangle her. I was very considerate. I would spend a long time with them, making sure they were dead. I would use a mirror to check whether they were still breathing. I like the girls in Ecuador. They're more gentle and trusting,
1: more innocent. Uh... I love that he referred to himself as considerate. Yeah. That is wild. Oh, I was so considerate. I was so considerate. When I murdered them. He took
0: them to 53, although some accounts say 57 bodies. And then he stopped and he refused to show them anymore. Um, These confessions were enough, though, to, to charge him with apparently 110 counts of murder. The direct, (laughs) well, it's, you know, one, one, one country, uh, the director of prison affairs would say in a press conference, if someone takes you to 53 hidden, buried and murdered bodies and the sites of 20 other graves says he killed 110 in your area and a hundred in each of two neighboring countries, you tend to believe what he says. This is the worst case I have seen in 25 years of police work.
1: Damn. Wouldn't you think it would be a bit of a wake-up call for someone in police work? Like, how that much... Like, I know that nobody cared, but, like, as a police worker in that environment, wouldn't you think, like, they would feel some kind of shame for not noticing? After especially it's, like, exposed and all these people are finding out about it? Dahmer? Ridgeway? Yeah, but they didn't kill 300 people.
0: Ridgeway has forty nine confirmed kills. I know, confirmed. but three hundred. I, I but I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, Sam Little, he killed sex workers. Nobody noticed. No one pieced any of it together. He's the one that ultimately, and similar to Lopez, the only reason we know with some of them is because they started talking. Like Gacy, I, I mean, I'm researching right now, John Wayne Gacy. Um, because I uh, it's my teen true crime which will one day come we've had to postpone it twice now um, but one of the worst things is reading how much the system failed because he was arrested time and time again and he was accused of of horrible things time and time again and because in most of these cases it was either um, young men or, or homosexual men doing the accusing um, no one took it seriously and the same was that happened oh. with Dahmer too and it's like, I, 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 I agree with you that this should make somebody, but it's, it hasn't. And it, it hasn't for, for this is, this is a problem and not just a problem in our country. This is a problem. Um, so,
1: Oof. yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with, trust me. It's been, it's been. It just makes me mad. Like, it, it makes me literally angry, yeah. like, to hear it.
0: Um, so he he pleads guilty.
1: He's sent to prison.
0: <laughs> uh, he's also officially diagnosed as a sociopath. No shit. Just just now? That's the first time. Mm. It's the first time he's like been in the hospital, I suppose, or been oh, around guess. psychiatrists. Uh, and this this article, and again, um, the Ron Leitner article. It, he he's he's the only reporter that I think was officially allowed to interview Lopez. So uh, I credit him with with. Most of what we know comes from the interview he had with with Lopez. Um, so, Lopez had to be isolated in the women's section of the prison. What? Uh, well, he wouldn't be a danger to them because you know they're too old, but uh, they were afraid if they kept him in general population, he'd be killed. Which, yeah, that's that's fair. Most this that's is legit. again this is a this is a not uncommon thing to do here. Like I know Ridgeway at least Ridgeway's in solitary confinement because if he was put into Gen Pop at Walla Walla State, whoo, he would not survive. <laughs> Oof. Um. So, well, I mean, look again. Look at Dahmer. Yeah. In fact. According to Leitner's article, Lopez even said he thought he'd be castrated or burned alive by guards and inmates if they had the opportunity. That's also fair. Yeah, honestly, though, is there is there anyone out there who also wouldn't doesn't kind of want to castrate and burn him alive? Because I know
1: I know I do (laughs) like the the native tribe that buried him and put honey
0: They they got it
1: right. They got it right the first time. Like, we should be listening to them. They should be dictating what to do with this dude.
0: So um, Ron Leitner was let in to to interview Lopez, but Lopez said he would only give the interview if he was allowed to touch the warden's daughter, who was acting as the interpreter. Touch?
1: Like, in what? What? I'm sorry. She she held out her
0: hands, and everybody kind of collectively held their breath, (gasps) and he grabbed her hands... And then let go. He said he hadn't touched the woman in so long. He, want, he just wanted to touch somebody. That's so creepy. <laughs> it is so creepy. And, like, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, good on her for being like, this is a thing that has to happen. Like, we need to get his story. And, and good on her. Like, she, there's a, there's a picture of it somewhere. I'll see if we can find it to, to post to our um, social media of, of, of it happening. It's, it's of her holding out his hands and him grabbing them. Um, so they start this interview and, uh, Lopez kind of starts it off by complaining. Of he says, I am badly treated here. Oh, cry me a river. Oh, motherfucker. Ambulance. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, uh, okay. <clears throat> we. I am badly treated here. Guards look at me through the bars. Sometimes they show me a knife and say they will come in at night and mutilate my body. I am not getting exercise, sunlight, or fresh air. I yeah. cannot see the sky. This yeah. is wrong, for I am the man of the century. I will be famous in
1: history. What a piece of I work. Hate I hate him. Um, yeah. Also, also <laughs> uh,
0: He also talked about what it was like to, to murder. He said, the arrival of life is divine. It comes through an act of sex, and so if an innocent person dies in the act of sex, it is also divine. What? That person will find heaven without suffering in the world.
1: What the fuck? That's not accurate. Sir, where are you getting this information from? Have I mentioned I hate him? Oh, he is... makes me mad.
0: Um, you're you're about to get a whole lot more mad, Gabby. Oh, no. You're about to get a whole lot more mad. Uh, oh, no. Because things are going to get more messed up. So Oh, jeez. Ecuador doesn't have a death penalty, which is fine. I mean, again, I don't personally believe in the death penalty. For him, I'd make an exception. Sure. But, um, you know, just leave them to the ants, see if they're hungry. That's, that's not really the death penalty. That's just feeding the ants. That's fine. That's just, like...
1: Environmental
0: studies. Yeah, nature. it's good. It's good for and it's composting. It's fine. Yeah. Uh beyond that in Ecuador, you can kill one person, you can kill hundred people, you could kill ten thousand people. The punishment is the same. Sixteen prison? years sixteen years in prison. That's
1: it? Are you serious?
0: Sixteen years in prison. Why is it 16? That's such like an interesting number. Well, so it actually stems back to... Because I was, I was curious about this myself. Um, and it had to do with uh, when there was some of this political unrest. And um, they eliminated the death penalty for fear of if there was a coup of some kind or there was a transfer of power of not being able to execute a former leader. And that's also why the prison sentence is what it is. I will say uh, outrage... Over his release led to the uh, prison sentence being up to 25 years if you committed murder. Not life? Well, it's funny. Uh, I mean, in the United States, like, quote unquote, life in prison in most states doesn't actually mean life in prison. It is a sentence like 20, 25 years. It's just it's such a long sentence. time it is your life, but, um, no, they, they, they still put a cap in how long you can be in prison, which I, uh, I mean, again, it, it kind of comes back to, uh, and Lopez, I feel like is an exception. I feel like with, with a lot of these, there's exceptions to how you put the laws because, um, uh, there is something to be said about a prison system that is set up just for punishment. I mean, the idea of prison is rehabilitation and there's been some European countries that have kind of been exploring more models of, of confinement that really do result in rehabilitation and less about punishment because you're looking at someone who should be reintroduced to society and they're getting counseling and they're getting therapy and they're getting occupational trainings and and schooling and, and, whatever. Um, I think when you have people like Pedro Lopez, sometimes you have to throw the book out and be like, you're done. This, this is not, well, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the same thing in is it Norway with that, that shooter, the, the guy that did the mass, the mass murder from crap, man, from a couple of years ago. It was more than a couple of years ago at this point, was from within the last 10 years, I think, uh, and, and they have something similar where they have a maximum sentence. And so at some point, he is eligible for being released. And the thing is, is that the laws are not put in place for people like that. It's just that is such an exception to any right. kind of human
1: behavior that we are used to. <clears throat> that is accurate.
0: So it's, it's almost like you need to make the law and then put an asterisk and be yeah. like, There's, there, there, and, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that willy nilly. I actually think there should be some kind of like a a special committee or, or something that can examine certain cases that are of a severity that no one can even, like who could comprehend something like this?
1: I have no idea. So,
0: I mean, again, this is a whole other argument and talking about reforming the justice system and whatever, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, um. He, he's he's eligible to, to leave um, after 16 years. Um, 53 girls bodies have been found oh uh, Well, more than that because you're counting then there's the other the the four from the flood and then the like two others so I mean you got you got a lot 60-ish. of girls here 50, 59 60 girls who were found hundreds more confessed to um, what what's even more awful is that you know he confessed to killing in in three countries. And it was decided, because Colombia, you know what Colombia does have? Hmm. The death penalty. Colombia has the firing squad.
1: Ooh, That would be our way to go.
0: It was decided that uh, it was too expensive to process and complex to try to process him and send him to the other countries for trial, especially because they didn't have bodies in the other countries. They only had the bodies in Ecuador. Mm. That they don't. So, on August 31st of 1994, he is released from prison. What? At the age of 45. What? And for those of you saying to yourself, but Kim, 1994, that's 14 years in prison, not 16. Yeah, you know what? He was released two years
1: early for good behavior. What the fuck? Good (laughs) behavior. It's because there were no little
0: girls around. Yeah, all the women in the cell block were too old. They were old chicken. He didn't like it. This is, this is, this is, this is really, really rough.
1: Do you understand my rage from earlier? Yes, I completely understand your rage from earlier because now I have your rage oh, no. from earlier. Oh, no, it's,
0: it's going to get better. Oh, fuck. So Ecuador... Was like, yeah, we may have released you for good behavior, but we don't want you here anymore, and you're here illegally. So authorities drove him to the border of Colombia, gave him a bottle of water, some food, some clothes, a little bit of money, and we're like, bye. <clears throat> yeah, uh, understandably, the families of the girls he killed were upset. Oh yeah. In fact, a bunch of them were were ready to get together a mob to go find him and kill him.
1: Oh, I'm down for that. I support that.
0: <laughs> um, if you if you want your heart broken into a thousand pieces, watch the A&E biography episode where they are interviewing some of the family members because it will destroy you listening to them talk and listening to them <sighs> talk about him and what they wish they could do to him. It will absolutely destroy you. Jeez. Um, okay. So, uh... It, in Colombia, he, he's only free for a hot second. He gets arrested. He's charged with the murder of Floralba Sanchez uh, 20 years prior. But instead of prison, he was sent to a hospital because he was declared insane. Why? But again, well, I don't know. You ca- I can't
1: imagine someone who kills 300 girls is super sane. No, but I mean, like, I'm just, I know that you probably don't have the answer to this, but, like, what made them decide that all of a sudden now and not earlier. Do you For know, know different, what I mean? Different, like,
0: different country, different system.
1: I guess, but I, you're still looking at the same dude. Well,
0: he did try at one point to pass off that he had another personality, although I don't think anyone bought that. I don't think he even stuck with that that long. Um, huh. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly why. I know that's kind of a uh But he, he was declared question. insane. He was sent to, to a, a hospital, and that was the end of it, right? Nope, never is. Right, Cavi? Yeah, maybe? <laughs> no. Oh. Um, He was released again in February of 1998 when the psychiatrist deemed him sane. Who was the psychiatrist? I don't know, but they should be fired. They suck at their job. Uh, he had to pay a whole $50 in bail. What? Mm-hmm. Go justice. Uh, he was supposed to check in once a month and to the shock of absolutely no one, he didn't.
1: He wow, this is gone. my
0: surprised face. Yeah. He made one visit to his elderly mother. Oh, what'd she have to say? He asked for his inheritance and she said, all I have is this chair and this bed. And he takes them and puts them on the porch. He says, I'm either going to sell them and if no one wants them, I'm going to set them on fire. He wow. sells them, and then he takes off. Uh, what's, what's even more awesome? This guy is so messed up. He is so cocky. He said during this interview with, uh, with the, the reporter, he said, Someday when I'm released, I will feel that moment
1: again. I will be happy to kill again. It is my mission. That's a really good indicator of a person to release from prison. Right?
0: So in 2002, a warrant is once again issued for his arrest when more bodies turn up that seem to match his MO. Wow. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Shock face. Beyond a handful of sightings, uh, no one has concretely seen him in well over 20 years. I think his mother is actually the last confirmed sighting we have of him. Wait, so he's
1: still out there?
0: (gasps) Oh, Gabby, he's still out there. Now, there's a few theories. Uh, One of the theories is that vigilantes got to him, and I know the world will weep if that is the case, but he could still very well be alive, and he would be about 73 years old today. Dude, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Um, I can't believe he's still out there. That's wild. I mean, again, it's weird to say, like, the only thing I hope is that an angry mob did find him and kill him and bury him back in the ground and let ants eat him. Yeah, um, to feel your rage a little bit more, another quote from his interview, he said, but I am not sorry for what I did. How can anyone judge me? I came from poverty that others cannot explain.
1: Bullshit. You just killed a bunch of poverty stricken girls from poverty stricken families. Yeah.
0: You, you You repeated the cycle i mean again this is this is not someone who has remorse if he still is alive, you can absolutely bet if He's he is still capable, killing. he is still killing girls a hundred percent this is such a glaring example of how of how children and i mean i i'm I'm counting him initially in this as a child, he was failed um but he made choices from what happened to him. he made choices, and uh I, I also have to say, and I when I'm doing research, something that's really important to me is is finding out names of victims because I think it is important to say their names. I agree. Um I I the sheer number of people he killed is is so massive it's even kind of hard to comprehend but beyond the three girls whose names i mentioned the i'm sorry the only other name i could find was isabel cristina ricalde of 300 girls oh my god four names and i want that to sink in because when you know recently we had the The case, the Gabby uh, Pepito case, which was was horrific and very sad. But there were people who were angry about all of these missing and murdered people, usually people of color, indigenous people, who don't get the attention. And this right here, 300 girls and four names.
1: Wow. That's... That's just I like it's it's so awful and not even just awful but just the fact that like these people had names why don't why don't we have them why don't like, we have them it's and it's not like there's no families clearly there's families like that's just do you think that there might be like the reasoning is is maybe families not wanting to give up the names of of their loved ones or is it just I think
0: most of them weren't identified
1: Oh. The, the names
0: I gave you, um, and I talked about some of the family interviews, those were all from the girls who were named. I think in most of the cases, they don't. the, the bodies were too decomposed.
1: They and couldn't identify them. In the
0: other countries, their remains were never found.
1: So it's a combination of missing, missing people and bodies that can't be identified? Yeah. Ugh. Um, That's terrible.
0: It's 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 horrific. And and it's sad, and it's sad that this was happening and the police weren't Do doing anything about, about it. it. Ugh. Uh so that is Pedro Alonzo Lopez, God the monster damn it, of the Andes. Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> Merry Christmas! You're welcome.
1: Fuck. I'm uh, sorry, like
0: this one, this one really, really got to me. Oh
1: um, There's I can't I can't even make a light comment I know no, because there's nothing there's
0: nothing and that's it's I like I I, when I started my research for this like this is a guy I'd heard about and it's it's again it's one that that I'm kind of shocked people don't talk about more and I don't know if it's maybe because it is
1: really messed up yeah it's tough to talk about
0: I think for some people it's kind of hard to really comprehend the scale of people he killed I know it's hard for me to comprehend the scale of, of, of girls of children he killed um but i I was not quite ready for how this would uh impact me but but listening to chunks of him speaking, reading the interviews that he gave um listening to the victim's parents talk about him and talk about what it did to them uh it
1: it's yeah uh. I think what, like, blows my mind more than anything is the fact that he was never caught. No. Like, that... He could like he could still
0: be alive somewhere,
1: living his right, life and enjoying right. himself. which makes me more angry. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just can't, like, wrap my head around the fact that this guy not only got away with murder, like, yeah, he got punished, but not enough. Not and enough. The fact that like the people that were more recently murdered, those were preventable. Oh, like absolutely. they had him. Yeah, they could have prevented those murders, but like because of a system that has a stupid number tied to a punishment with weird outliers that no one ever took into account, which he's still to, out to there. Be, to be like, fair.
0: Most of us don't think when we're making laws, yeah, but what if
1: someone kills 300 children? <laughs> then maybe there needs to be, like, an adjustment to that where you no. actually, like, when give again, that's, someone a punishment that's deserving.
0: That's, that was one of the things <sighs> that, I, I think that, that I think there's always going to be outliers to some of these laws where, and, and not willy-nilly, like, not just, they did a horrible thing, we should just punch them right away. Like, again we're joking about the ants, but like, I'm I not think, joking. <laughs> I do think there needs to be something in place that acknowledges. Sometimes we're going to encounter some crimes that are beyond our normal comprehension and require a different set of standards and a different set of review. And it's not something you can plan for. You can't predict that again, you're going to find a, a mass grave of 50 something children. Uh, but it's, it's, Every one of these children was failed Yeah They were failed, absolutely um, And, and uh, Go Hug your, your person Hug your pet Hug your kid a hug your stuffed Hugh Jackman pillow. I don't know. You have a stuffed um,
1: Hugh Jackman no. pillow. No,
0: <laughs> no, I have a I have a sequin Nick Cage pillow. I just you I don't do. know. It sounds like something someone might have or a One Direction. I don't know. What what are the kids like these days? Hugh Jackman. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's working so to my mind. But like, <laughs> take take a moment, uh, pause, go drink some water. Go go hug something, someone. kind like, a guinea pig.
1: W- Watch something funny. Listen to something Watch funny. Watch something funny. Light. Listen to something funny. Um, this one was definitely a doozy.
0: Yeah, this this took this this went in a direction. Again, I fully am going to admit I was not ready for where this went. I was not.
1: Um, I wasn't either. I, I remember when we were talking about this briefly when we were going through topics. I did not expect it to take that turn.
0: Neither did I. And I again, wow. I think. Because even when we and and this comes back to our earlier point, like when we were talking about this, I knew the number attached to him was three hundred, but it it looking at it, reading it on a piece of paper, I could somehow divorce in my brain what that really meant.
1: Yeah, until you do uh, like, the research and like it, listen to the families and, talking and, and all that. And you
0: see, and it, and the the full impact really hits you because it's like looking it up and being like, oh, he killed three hundred people. Like, wow, that's completely messed up, but it, it, it feels very detached, very clinical, very cold. And you see the reality of it and, um, and you see how it could have been prevented. And it's just, you get angry, you get sad, uh, you get frustrated, all of it, all of it. I've been experiencing while researching this, that's poor, poor city of geek boys. I, in the message earlier today. I was, I went off for a little bit on, on just how upset I was. And like, Aww. I wanted to punch some dicks and it's, they're all, they're all boys. So, you know, what else is new? <laughs> I know, I know, but like, they're all boys. And I think when I sometimes say like, I want to punch some dicks and they're like girding their loins. Um, but it, no, this, this one, this, this, this one really got to me and yeah. I was not, I was not ready for it. And, and listeners, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, I I both feel like this is something we're not ready to hear, but also something we have to hear at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Like,
1: no, I agree. I actually think, like, we need to talk about more cases like this. Yeah. Like, it it needs to be addressed. People need to hear about it. You need to not just hear about the white women that are murdered and put on the news and front pages of newspapers when all the indigenous people that go missing and are murdered are... Unknown. There's no names. There's nothing done about them. And regardless of where you are in the world, unfortunately, this is a a, a good example of, you know, some of those unfortunate police consistencies are consistent elsewhere, too. Um, And money talks and racism talks. Um, It's awful. Um, But if we don't talk about it, some people might not hear about it. And it might just give you a little bit of motive to learn more about what you don't know and And give exposure.
0: um, Before we before we move on to our (laughs) lighthearted, our creepy critics corner, I want to take a moment for those 300 girls whose names we don't know to just take a moment to think about them. And thank you for indulging me in that. Uh, that's been sitting with me since I started this research. Is that's That's been the one thing that's been really, really weighing on me. Is um, the girls whose names we'll never know.
1: Yeah. Damn. That was heavy. Well, this feels weird going into uh, Creepy Critics Corner, but we have to do it. So um, if you need to take a break, I understand. Go, like drink some water have a walk um but we gotta keep this ball rolling otherwise it wouldn't be ghoulish tendencies so this brings us to creepy critics corner creepy critics corner kim what are you watching <laughs> that is not about what we just talked about
0: uh, you know what I actually prepared one of my recommendations is something just like sweet and and lovely and oh, it is perfect. a show it's it's not in any way shape or form horror or or ghoulish related it's a show called the big leap and it's on Fox and it is about a a it's a dance reality show it's about like this dance reality show that's being put on. Where they're just taking people who looking for that second chance, you know, and they're gonna put on this production of Swan Lake, and you have the the lead actress. Uh, it's an ensemble cast, but you do kind of have some of the the you know more featured characters, and she's mm-hmm. you know she's she's a plus size woman and she's a dancer and she's fucking awesome. I the actress is amazing and I love her, and it's just it's sweet, it's funny. It's a little messed up at times, so it's still it's don't it's not like pure fluff. It has like some of these weird twists and turns. But I have to say, it's been such a delight, and it's we're down. I think there's like two episodes left in the season, and I really, really hope it gets renewed for for a second season because it has been just it's a show I look forward to watching every week because it just gives me feelings and nice feelings. I don't always have nice feelings.
1: That's fair. You don't always have nice feelings, but you did it at my wedding, which was like nice. oh,
0: motherfucking feelings, Gabby. Uh, <laughs> the other show I'm going to recommend is is new. It's only two episodes in. It is a show called Yellow Jackets.
1: I was going to talk about Yellow Jackets. It's on show. <laughs> oh my god, I am hooked. It is. I was so- literally just going to talk about it. God Damn it, Kim. <laughs> well,
0: let's well, let's talk about it then. Okay, so- but Holy I've only crap. seen one.
1: I've seen one oh. and a half episodes. I haven't seen the all of episode two. But oh, oh. I have to tell you, I'm I'm in LA right now. I'm with my my mom. Just had surgery, so I'm like at home helping my mom out. So I'm watching it with my mom. <laughs> she put it on. I didn't even put it on. She put it on. Anyway, tell me on. what your thoughts are, and, and we'll we'll continue. I,
0: I think I so for those of you who are unfamiliar, the the basic premise of the show, and it flips between two times. It's mm-hmm. uh what ninety. So I think it's 99
1: 90, or 98.
0: No, 90. Yeah, it's it's the it's the, the late mid to 90s. late 90s and then 2021. Mm-hmm. And um, you're following this girl's soccer team, the Yellow Jackets,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who make it to Nationals. And they are on a plane and it's one of the players. Parents, I think, is, is like wealthy. Jet, so, yeah, yeah, it's a private charter plane and the plane crashes. And you don't know what happens yet. You just know that some real messed up stuff happens. Like mm-hmm. cannibalism is among the things that, that, that is hinted in episode one. This isn't mm-hmm. really a spoiler. Because uh, you, you see this relatively quickly that something messed up is going on. And you're flipping back and forth between scenes from what happened when the plane crashed and leading up to the plane crash. And what's happening now with those who have survived. And that something happens, something really messed up happens,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you're just being fed these small
1: Pun snippets intended. and
0: details. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and yeah. That, I, it's also like very, like not, first of all, it's, they don't give you a lot. Like, oh, no, and that's what I love. There, there's not a lot, like it's, and that's what gets you continuing to watch it, obviously. But like. There are some gruesome <laughs> moments, yeah, yeah, um, and I love that Christina Ricci is in it. Yes, the the cast, the cast is really is good. Juliette Lewis fan. also. Oh, Juliette Lewis is I love so Lewis. good. It's her character,
0: <laughs> and uh, the other girl, because I always think of her as she was in um in that Kate Winslet movie where they kill her mom. Uh, <laughs> oh shoot, I don't know which one that is. uh, uh, uh Melanie. Oh, Linsky. Linsky, who's from she's New Zealand and uh, mm-hmm. heavenly creature. She was in Heavenly yes, Creatures, yes, yes. But I love her. I've always been a fan of her. She was also one of the stepsisters in Drew Barrymore's Ever After. I
1: love Ever After. That like, was part of the inspo for the wedding.
0: <laughs> but like it has this just fan one. My God, Christina! I've always loved Christina Ricci, Me too. but she's ha, killing it. Um. <sighs> Ba-dum-bum. But it's 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 the cast is great already two episodes in and and I'm I mean one episode in I was absolutely hooked but mm-hmm. uh, the second episode yeah it's it's just it's so riveting it's so I I there's a mystery I'm intrigued there's humor there's darkness it's it's all my buttons all my buttons in one cannibalism yeah all my buttons.
1: I love that we were both going to talk about the same show and we didn't talk about talking about this show. That was so. Because well,
0: we never, we never share what's going to be done, on the other. We because but... we got a
1: surprise. Mm-hmm. But dude, like, so was that it? Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about before I, I started talking? You,
0: you, you go ahead because I've talked a bunch.
1: Okay. <laughs> so what's funny is that. Part of being at my parents' house is hanging out with my mom post-surgery and watching TV. So I'm trying to find things to watch that I think my mom will enjoy, that I also <laughs> will enjoy, which those two things do not often intersect. Fair, um, fair. But I, like, <laughs> you'll you'll find this entertaining. Um, of the things that I tried to watch with her, I was trying to find something that wasn't too weird or horror-y or... I don't know, spooky, whatever. Um, Or even just like, I love stupid humor and my mom hates it. She just complains that it's dumb the whole time. But I think it's great. So it's just, you know, it depends on the mood. So I've been watching three things with my mom. One is Yellow Jackets. And she's fine with it. Until the crash scene and mm. until the cannibalism. And I was like, ooh, this just got dark. Like at one point, <laughs> I remember seeing it. I was like, ooh, this looks kind of witchy. Like it looked like there was a ceremony happening almost. Mm-hmm. Like yes. it, it didn't look like straight up cannibalism. It looked like there was some kind of like... There was a
0: ritual happening.
1: Yes. It looked like an absolute ritual. And like that's when my ears perked up. And I was like, ooh, it's getting weird. Let's watch <laughs> it. And my mom goes, uh-uh, uh uh-uh. <laughs> And she gets all upset about it. And Aww. then... I was like, okay, what else can we watch? So we start watching Mindhunter because she oh, liked it. I love Mindhunter. Yeah. Mind That's such a great show. And mm-hmm. so we get to season 2 of Mindhunter focusing on BTK. You mean my pen pal? So I told my mom about your pen pal. <laughs> she gets all upset about it. Why do you guys like this weird stuff? <laughs> I can't believe he wrote her a letter. Just one. Please. I know, but it was just it was funny like Like, the look on her face. And then she she was like, she's telling my stepdad, she's like, do you know who BTK is? And he's like, huh? I think. And I was like, it's a serial killer. And he goes, yeah, what's it stand for? And I was like, buy and torture, torture, kill. kill. My mom goes, how do you know that? And she goes all mad at me for knowing these things. And I'm like. That's not not "Hmm." weird knowledge. That's not Um, weird knowledge. Apparently, it is according to my parents. And then what, what else is funny is that in one of the scenes in season two, they're looking at a crime scene and talking about like ligatures Mm, mm -hmm. and my stepdad goes what's a ligature i was like oh i have diagrams i'm like let me explain and my mom goes how do you how do you know all that please (laughs) guys that's not not weird that's not yeah that's not a weird thing to know what a ligature is that's that's please,
0: please it was
1: just it was funny because to me this is normal this is not weird this is Stuff we talk about, like, all the time. Me and you. We, this, like, mm. Stuff we research. I've been, we've been researching stuff like this for how long now? Like, come on. Not no, news. Oh, ligature. That's not that weird. to Like, that's... that's I mean, weird. for the purposes of how it was being used for this Meh. particular scene, it was a little uh, odd. Meh. Um, Meh. However, uh, I tried to then shift gears and put something on um, that, you know, maybe wasn't as gruesome or Fair. dark so I put on The Great, which is season uh, Oh, that's has been on my two. list. Yeah, it's I haven't good. watched it yet, but I hear, I like I've heard things. I it good a lot. Things. Yeah, I think Bob um,
0: recommended it to me at one
1: point. I think you would like it. Yeah. Um, I like it's, the cast. Yeah, the cast is great, and art. Uh, Guess who's in season two? Well,
0: Jillian's in season two, isn't she? Yeah, I've been
1: seeing the Hulu ads for it. Yes. And of course, uh, Scully is in season two. So we got, that's like one of the main reasons why I was like, I got to watch it. She plays Catherine's mom. And so, uh, and also just the costumes and everything is so stunning and beautiful. But what I really appreciate about the show is how crass it is. And so it's funny because I just think, oh, we're just going to watch like a comedic period piece that's based on actual history. Sure. I think my mom would like it. No. And like every other word is just something horribly crass. And mom goes, Why why do you like this weird stuff? It's like literally See, everything I've shut mom. I gotta give a shout
0: out to Dave and Norma because <laughs> like they I mean, to be fair, I swear around to them. Sorry, mom and dad. But um like I got them in the Dexter, I got them in the Deadwood, and one of my favorite moments. Because Deadwood is a masterclass in a lot of things, was when I was telling my parents, "You got to watch Deadwood. You got to watch Deadwood." And I was working at this point; I was still living in New York for a real estate company, and I got bored usually around ten a.m. And so I would call my mom a lot. But one morning, she called me first, and I pick up the phone. I go, "Hello," and she just goes, "Motherfucking cocksucker!"
1: <laughs> and I was like, "Norma, oh, you started watching Deadwood!" <laughs> And I love my parents. That's very funny. (laughs) Well, I will say, I will give my stepdad, Steve, a disclaimer, because (laughs) he's the one who got me into X-Files. Like, it's his fault that I love the X-Files and Scully and Mulder, because he loved it and made me watch it as a child. So, like, I dedicate all of my odd and weirdness to him. Um, However, he is a, um, he's like the head of the behavioral health for the fire department. and like, so... I thought he would really like Mindhunter because it focuses it's on behavioral health and is also based
0: on on true characters.
1: Yes, true I mean, true people loosely
0: loosely based but but, but based, based and a lot of the serial killers. And written are real.
1: by mm-hmm. written by the one of the main people who discovered the terminology of serial killers. Like
0: well, not written by but not, yeah.
1: Not well produced by. He wrote a book. It what's I'm blanking on his I mean name. Mindhunter is the name of the book. Right. You mean Douglas but, yeah, John Douglas. Yeah.
0: Douglas and Wrestler, the two yeah. who the two main characters are based on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I, I think like that's just really interesting. And I like we've talked about this before. I get very excited about the shows that take fact and make it into a mm-hmm. show. Something and they historical, use actual yeah. references that are accurate and it's not so overblown that it becomes fiction. Like I, I appreciate that. And like the fact that you can put a storyline on it that is entertaining. Even better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, just the casting in Mindhunter of all of the serial killers, Kemper. Oh my god! Oh my god! I know. Mm-hmm. I can't even handle. Like it's just, it's so, so good. Good. It's somebody so good. on
0: YouTube put a, a back and forth of like Ed Kemper and the actor playing Ed Kemper, and like it's creepy.
1: It looks like one of my old friends, and I pointed it out to them last week. Oh, but um, anyway, hunter. my stepdad loves Mindhunter and he actually like really liked watching it. So we found a common denominator in the family. It is Mindhunter. Mm-hmm. It is okay. I'm it's shocking and surprising my parents about how much I know about <laughs> serial killers. But like, eh, still eh. interesting. You win some, you lose some. You but some um, lose some. I yeah. just think it's funny how judgy they get about it. Anyway, that's what we've been watching in this household lately.
0: No, legit, legit
1: well thanks so much for listening everybody i'm sorry if this episode was a little bit sad but sometimes we need to have a sad one to just it's, shake you and realize that this these crazy people are still out there well, um, and that
0: the, this i will say that the the reality of the things we talk about when we are talking about yes. especially killers and murders and disappearances like it's not all cupcakes and rainbows it's 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 serious stuff and there's people's lives and people's families and it's yeah it's not just entertainment
1: correct but it is knowledge and take that on yeah. with it yeah So thank you for listening. If you would like to check us out on social medias, we are Ghoulish Tendencies podcast, basically anywhere you look it up. Um, Our website is ghoulishtendencies.com. All of our show notes, references, any kind of previous episodes, Uh, every social media is on there too. So whatever you want to find, just just look and I promise you will find us. Uh, But if you like what we do, we also have a Patreon. If you would like to contribute to it, it's going to be revamped by the beginning of this year or next year. Sorry, 2022. I don't know what day it is or what time it is or what year it is, but you know in the future it will get revamped. Um, But if you do like what we do and can't contribute to Patreon, head on over to Apple Podcasts and provide a rating and a review. We really, really appreciate it. But thank you so much for listening. And having said that, stay Stay spooky. spooky.